Hey everybody, this is Pastor Jack C. This is Living With Purpose. So glad you're here today. Get your Bible, get your notebook. We're going to continue this amazing study on the honor of God. You know, I think the honor of God is one of the most important um, subjects that we as the body of Christ can cover, that we can um, research it and um, educate people in it, because really, um, how we honor God is how we honor everybody else in our lives. You know, how I treat my wife is how I treat God. How I treat my employer is how I honor God. How I honor all the different people in my life is a direct representation of how I honor God. So I think it's vital. You know, as I was up this morning and I was praying, you know, this might sound just basic and common, but you know, in the book of John, it says, in the beginning was the word. And I think it's so important for us whenever we are you know, and this might make, this might sound so trivial. This might sound, doesn't make any sense, Pastor. But let me just say this. To try and live a godly life, but not using the Bible to do it, would be very frustrating to me. And uh, I think it's always important, no matter what we're doing, we should always start with the Word. If you jump forward to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about, by the word of God, these this world were framed. God, even at the very beginning of time, everything that we see, everything that we deal with in our environment was made by faith, made in the beginning by the word of God. So I think it's important whenever we deal with any subject in our life, whenever we are um, learning something new or want to find out something new, I don't want to go to the dictionary. I don't want to go and ask somebody else's opinion. I want to be like John. In the beginning was the Word. What does the Word say about the honor of God? Because it's different than how we would honor man. I would honor God uh, differently because there's a way that he has described it to us that's going to bring us maximum benefits. So uh, if we were going to have a title for today, I guess I would call it Becoming a Vessel of Honor. And uh, we have been going, you know, over the past couple of weeks, we've talked a lot about David. And the more that I um, study about David, the more that I read about David, uh, the more that I see that David truly lived just a very, very honorable life. And uh, with the exception of one pretty big um, <laughs> discrepancy uh, when he um, was Bathsheba, uh, his life, apart from that, was a very, very honorable life. I truly believe that even though David was the youngest uh, of all of his brothers, that um, somebody had to teach David this honor. And I believe that it came from his father. And I believe that David had the, the, the honor of God and the fear of the Lord instilled to him at a very young age. Um, these things do not just come to us through osmosis. These things, we're not born with them. Uh, these things have to be taught. And just like anything else in our lives, I believe that David had to be taught uh, on, in honor and, and the fear of the Lord and many of the other things that he did, he did some amazing things. Those things don't just come to us. And so uh, I believe that David was schooled in this and he was able to school others in it. And I'm going to show you how he did that as we get a little bit more into the study. Let's do this. Let's go to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 2.20. And it says... But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, 
some for honor, and some for dishonor. So that tells me right now that there are two types of people in the world today. There are those that are made out of gold and silver and, and those types of things, and then there's others that are built out of wood or earthen or clay. And um, if we were going to have um, a, a dignitary come to our house, I would not go get out the wooden cups as decoration for my table. If that dignitary was coming to my house, I would get my finest china. I would get the most gold inlaid. I would get the best that I had because I was going to be putting into that the best beverage that I could find. And so I would go and I would find whatever the greatest drink, whatever that dignitary wanted, uh, I would have the very, very best. And I would want to make sure that I took the very, very best, that I put it into a clean cup, and that that cup was signifying the honor that we bestowed upon that person. That that cup matched the character or it matched the um, um, the height of whomever that person might be. I wouldn't just go in and give them the old Tupperware green cup that I've had for 35 years. We all have one of those. That that cup that's been at the bottom, that everybody's used, that's been around for 30 years, it's all nicked up and cut up. I wouldn't use that cup. I would put something else in that cup. I believe what the Lord is telling us is that we have a choice as to what kind of vessel that we're going to be. If I want to be a vessel of honor, if I want to be a vessel that the master would put in his hand and he would drink something from, well, then it's up to me to make sure that my life exemplifies the type of vessel that I want to be. Nobody is predispositioned to be a certain type of vessel. It's entirely up to us. And I'll show you that. If you'll look in 2 Timothy 2.21, it says, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. You know, there's a lot of erroneous teaching out there that somehow that we've all been predestined, that, you know, that we have no control over who we are, and that, that God has already chosen who's going to go to heaven and who's going to go to hell and who Christ died for and who he didn't. But at no point in our life has God ever taken away your free will. He's never taken away my free will. We all know in, in Timothy that it says it's God's will that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. All men. It's God's will. But if we look at the earth today, are all men saved? Well, I would have to say no. Well, why is it that? It's God's will. It's what he wants. He's in control. That's exactly right. He wants the very, very best for us. He has predestined us for a wonderful life, an amazing life. It's God's will that we walk in blessing and victory and health and prosperity and wholeness and healing. It's his will, but he gave me a free will. And so if I don't take my free will and use it and activate it by laying hold of what he wants for me, then it doesn't profit me in any way, shape, or form. So just like that, if you look at this verse in 2 Timothy, it says, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor. That tells me that the cleansing person, the purging person, is me. I'm the one that is responsible, or I'm the one that's going to dictate what kind of cup I am, what kind of vessel I'm going to be by what I allow into my life 
and what why I purge from my life. And so I kind of want to segue a little bit into this, and we'll we'll start this teaching a little bit today, and we'll pick it up next week. But I think it's important that we talk a little bit about the fear of the Lord, because if you want to be a vessel of honor, then you're going to have to walk in what the Bible calls the fear of the Lord. And I wrote this down. This isn't a scripture. This is my interpretation this morning. The fear of the Lord is to live a life as if God is real. There are a lot of people in the world today, there's a lot of churches that are filled with people that will, will honor God with their words, will honor God, you know, with a few hours with their time on a Sunday morning. But the minute that church is over, the minute that that's done, then they revert back to a life as if God isn't real. I can't go to church on a Sunday morning and pretend like God is real and then live my life Monday through Saturday as if he's not. A true and a healthy um, definition of the fear of the Lord is I need to live my life as if God is real, as if he is with me like he really is. He's 24-7. Here, I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. God is not just listening to you on Sunday mornings. God is not just listening to you when you're in Sunday school. God is not just listening to you when you do a good deed. God is with us 24-7, and his life, his glory, his magnificence is with us. We're surrounded with his awe and with his reference all day, every day. So for me to actually walk in the fear of the Lord, for me to be a vessel of honor, then I have to live my life as if he's in this room with me right now. And what does that mean? That means if he's sitting right here next to me and manifested in the flesh, am I going to say what I'm going to say? Am I going to do what I'm going to do? Am I going to treat people the way that I treat people as if God was really real to me and standing right there? You know, when I was a kid, if I was around my parents, I was a good kid. I acted right. I talked right. I spoke right. was honorable. Yes, sir. But if I was away from my parents, I acted completely different sometimes. I was dishonorable, disrespectful, rebellious at times. Why is that? Because just because I wasn't in their presence, I was acting in a way contrary to how they had raised me to walk in a healthy fear of the Lord, to be a vessel of honor, I have to live my life as if Christ is real in me every single day. You know, I believe, and I am endeavoring to get to this point in my life where the things of God, the things of faith are more real to me than the things that I can see with my five physical senses. You know, Adam and Eve were created, they were spirit beings. I truly believe that Adam and Eve were more comfortable in the unseen world than they were in the seen world because they were made in the very likeness and image of God. God is a spirit. He created them in a spirit. They were covered or surrounded with the glory of God. And I believe that they communicated. I believe when, when Adam and Eve sinned and that when the glory dropped, when they heard God's voice, that it was the first time they ever heard it with their natural ears, and that's what scared them. I believe that you and I can get to a point when we get born again where we can be more comfortable in the spirit than we are in the natural. But how do I do that? I do that by becoming a vessel of honor. I do that by making sure that I am living my life by the fear of the Lord. And let me just qualify this. The fear of the Lord is not I'm scared, I'm terrified, you know, I'm, I'm hiding myself in my closet. <clears throat> I'm getting underneath my blanket. You know, I don't want to be scared by something. That's completely different. This is a reverential fear. This is if, 
if, if God walked in the room, you know, there's a great song, what would you do if he walked into the room? What would we do on a Sunday morning at West Houston Christian Center if Jesus Christ himself opened up those back doors and him with an angelic host began to walk into our sanctuary? I don't think people would be lighting cigarettes. I don't think people would be looking at their phones. I don't think people would be getting up and going to the bathroom. I don't think that people would be sitting there thinking about all the things that they needed to do when church was over. No, no, we would be eating carpet like it was left and right. We would be on our knees. We would be on the floor. We would be crying. We would be worshiping. We would be, we would be so enthralled with the living being of Jesus Christ in that moment that we would give all of our honor, all of our, our worship, all of our awe, all of our respect. <laughs> Here's the good one. All of our attention. All of our attention. The fear of the Lord is to give the Lord all of your attention, not just a portion, not just some when you need something, but to truly walk in a healthy reality of the fear of the Lord, we have to give him our attention and we have to listen to him, we have to focus on him. So the fear of the Lord is not, you know, running from God in tear and terror. Now look, in the Old Testament, there was some definite fear when God told Israel, that I'm getting ready to do something on this mountain and you better put a perimeter around it and don't even let an animal come past because what's about to happen is going to be intense. You listen and do what God said. There was a healthy fear there because he had set a boundary. And I'm sure if we would have been around to see all the things that God did back in the day, if we would have been there to see what he did to Egypt, if we would have been there when they crossed the Red Sea, if we would have been there when he, when he put the Ten Commandments and he wrote them on that mountain, we would have more of a healthy fear of the Lord because we would have experienced it for ourselves. But what we can do by faith is we can take God at his word and we can take what he says and we can do what he says and we see the same miracles today. One of the greatest miracles you're ever gonna see is somebody getting born again. When you see somebody get born again, we should have the fear of the Lord. What a reverence, what, a, what an amazing thing that he just did. He just raised somebody from the dead right in your presence. It's no different than crossing the Red Sea. Well, hey, we're already done with this show. We really appreciate you uh, tuning in tonight. Um, if you have questions, um, comment below. You can always reach us here at whcc.live. Most important thing is to know that Jesus Christ is Lord and he's coming back soon. We'll see you next week.